Welcome to the Rock and Roll Research Podcast, where we share the super cool backstories and side gigs of the research and insights pros that you trust. Today's guest is Isabel Aneba, who is the founder and qualitative and UX research director of a company called Comarca Research, which just happens to be down the street uh, from me in Austin, Texas. And she's been there for 16 plus years now, uh, which is super cool. Now, Comarca really cool company. They provide strategic and cultural insights to companies that are going through some sort of disruption, which I think is really relevant right now in a period of social and demographic change. So uh, really cool stuff. Uh, Now they do all kinds of fascinating work. I I happened to see Isabel speak last week at the Insights Association in Las Vegas, where she talked about the super cool co-creation project with millennials and clients sequestered on an island so all kinds of really cool stuff that we'll talk about now in addition to her work uh she's always been very active in helping to advance the industry through the qrca and others but she's also spent an awful lot of time her last 15 plus years uh dedicated to a charity that's very touching and we're going to talk about all that and more on today's podcast so welcome to the show isabel Thank you, Mike. It's, sorry, Matt, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, super happy to have you. Glad we met last week and we're chatting today. So, Isabel, uh, you've got such a fascinating background that you know spans more than the U.S. for sure, uh, spans disciplines. So let's, let's talk about how you got into research in the first place. Let's get a chance to hear a little bit of your story. Yes. Um, Well, my story has several layers uh, and several insights. The first one came from my dad. Uh, My dad is an internal uh, medicine uh, doctor that he taught me that people that went to his consultation that had a disease, that they were healed by by listening to them. So I I realized that people are not heard or appreciated enough. They have this hunger for being listened to. And if we listen to them, we help them. Uh, So that was the first insight. I said, oh, what a wonderful thing, listen to people and help them feel appreciated. Then when I was studying in um, my uh, bachelor's degree, I did an internship with a qualitative research firm. And I was moderating uh, groups there and doing analysis. Um, it was a small, a boutique research firm. So I realized, oh my God, there are companies that pay you to listen to people. So you will <laughs> gather insights and then yeah. these insights will help them grow and serve these, consu- these customers. So I said, oh, I think this is what I would like to do in my career. Uh, but I said, first, I, I, my mom is a, is a dentist and she always told me to get things done, not just, you know, like study. So I said, uh, so my mom's side uh, uh, spoke to me saying, okay, but first I will be a marketer. I will launch products and brands and see how difficult it is and, uh, and have that, you know, like in my back pocket, like uh, be able to understand the challenge before I, I, I advise. 
So yeah. I work I work in a in as a brand manager, uh, chief marketing officer of a regional food and beverage company, and they gave me the freedom to launch uh, products and revitalize the brand, a 50 year old brand with moms uh, with children. It was wow. it was great. It was great. Yeah. Um, I learned one huge lesson. Uh, I I have to tell you, it takes a lot of work to to launch a product. It takes a lot of work to mm -hmm. to um, revitalize a brand. Uh, you right. better be in the right direction. So so that's <laughs> why research and insights is so important because we have this responsibility of. It's kind of like the company's future. Uh, if you don't do your right, the, your job right, and you have to be a strategic. So uh, after launching several products, brands, and including a chorizo, uh, that uh, a I, chorizo, I, oh, my I, favorite, yeah, <laughs> a, a, a spicy chorizo, uh, I I um I decided to to do um well before that I I I did an MBA um and I uh in order to get these jobs in Mexico, you know, as a woman back in when I was younger, you had to have a plus and a plus was you had an MBA. Otherwise you were not gonna okay. get these management jobs, right? Mm -hmm. So when I was doing this MBA, I learned my, you know, fourth insight that um, I was hired by Nortel and doing research in Latin America for this Canadian company telecommunications company. Uh, we were okay. uh, interviewing top executives and I was traveling with these vice presidents and we were in the same interviews, but I was listening to different things that they were listening. They were getting lost mm -hmm. in translation. Uh, I was able to, to decode their, 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 their meaning, you know, between lines, but they were not. Right. So I learned that Cultural insights are very important because when you're doing research between two cultures or internationally, there is a huge risk of getting it wrong. You also right. getting it lost in translation. So I said to myself, well, well I think I, when I have my company, I'm going to focus in cultural insights and help right. them companies be more assertive. And there is also a, a fifth insight. Uh, the North Americans, the Canadians, uh, treat me like an equal, I, which it was like wonderful. In Mexico, we still had the stigma that, you know, women will get married and maybe will not work as much. <laughs> so, right. so I love the way they, they treated me and they, they treat me like normal. I was like, okay, I want to work with North Americans. Uh, so, so then I, I decided to move to the United States, do another MBA and start my company, uh, Comarca. And it, I'm not telling you that it has been, you know, a walk in the park because, you know, being your own, uh, your own, uh, um, having your own company and your own boss, you, you get yeah. to do um, a lot of things, but it's something that really has helped me grow as a professional. Right, right. Yeah, you know, it's it really is a fascinating background. I love to hear from people that, uh, that have worked as marketers or product managers, because when you think of research, you think of empathy, right? Empathy for consumers uh, and customers, but you also have that empathy then for clients and what they're dealing with on the client side, because you've been there, right? 
Yeah, cool stuff. So, so tell me a little bit uh, about some of the work that you're doing at, at Comarca. Yes, so you can imagine if you do, I just started doing research uh, for US Hispanics in 2006 when I started the company and also in Mexico for North American companies. And you might imagine that, like I said, there is a gap, there is a lost in translation gap. Uh, so sure. uh, it's very difficult for a person from a different culture to really understand another person from a different culture. You really need to, to create approaches that will, you know, will reduce that gap. And what I created were participatory research methods where I help clients have a close and personal um, uh, encounter with these Latinos or with these millennials and Gen sure. Zs. So ethnography helped me a lot as well as focus groups. Um, okay. Then you have the disruption that the research and development cycles reduce. Like in the past, we had one year to launch a product, two years. Now it's like two months uh, to you know yeah. do the research. Uh, so yeah. I also learned to do to develop with agile research methods that will get me from understanding the problem, developing ideas, to evaluating the ideas very quickly. And that's, for example, sure. the consumer co-creation camp where I took uh, 18 uh -huh. clients and 18 consumers and three moderators, including myself, to an island. To to under, to help them understand millennials and uh, yeah. as well as create new products and evaluate them uh, was the solution. Yeah, yeah, that's so fascinating, and it's kind of fun too because we're going to be talking about islands uh, just a little bit later. So uh, we'll get we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, so let's let's talk about this this charity. It's it's really a neat thing. So tell us about that. Oh, okay. Well, that's one of the highlights of my life. As soon as I uh, moved to Austin, I went to a toy drive. Toy drive in a. It was an event from my MBA, and I met a woman who who organized uh, the toy drive, and I went with her to this children's home to bring the toys. And she said, "This will be okay. a great place for you to volunteer." Uh, these are children that have been affected by abuse and neglect, and now they are in adopt. They're they're in this home to heal and be adopted. So I, mm -hmm. I, I look at all the volunteers activities and I selected my favorite one was bedtime reader. And right. I, I, I thought about when I was young, uh, how my dad will come to say goodbye to me and listen to me and how my mom will tell me stories. Uh, I was a very fortunate child by having the attention of both of my parents. I know right. that that's not something that is usual uh, but I said, this is, this was my favorite time, my favorite memory. I'm going to give it to these children. So it's wonderful. So I, uh, my job, uh, uh, is to, uh, help children feel value at bedtime. So I do obviously listen to them, the good, the good things about their day, the bad things about their day. And then I pamper them by list, by reading their favorite book. Like, for example, mm -hmm. sporty children want sporty books. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nerd children want science uh, or science books. Uh, funny <laughs> children want the diary of a wampy kid book. Uh, yes. children want <laughs> a, a Star Wars book. But so I, I read to them that, uh, to them, those books that they love. And uh, I, as I told you, I develop a relationship with them. 
I also yeah. introduce them to to God. I I read them this book, Children right. of God, uh, written by the Nobel Peace Prize winner Desmond Tutu, uh, and uh -huh. and it gives them hope uh, that no matter how hard it is, God is always going to be with them. Always, they are not alone. Yeah. And it's just wonderful to be with them in this healing process. Usually, it takes a year. When they get when when they get to the home, they are very sad because they are no no longer have the parents they had. They have to start from scratch. Right. Uh, and then they get angry. And then you are working with them in that process. And then you start seeing them being grateful and hopeful yeah. and joyful and you know a year passes and then you know when you are seeing this child that is completely different full of love you, you said okay this guy is going to be adopted soon and it's what happens uh, yeah. so it has taught me two lessons the first lesson is the power of human resilience no matter how difficult things are in your life you always right can transform your life through love and forgiveness and children are, have taught me that and the second one is the power of hope hope will overcome any sadness and transform that sadness into joy uh, that's wonderful those are great great lessons to learn so cool all right so i think one of the things that's unique about you relative to you know other um, qualitative experts that i know is that you have had the opportunity to do extensive research in mexico uh, with native mexicans and then with u.s hispanics and i'm just kind of curious how you might compare and, and contrast those scenarios yes well in Mexico, when I was doing research in Mexico, our main target is the medium income, uh, especially families, because medium income families are 30% of the market plus, and the low income are 60%. So if you target the medium income, you kind of like target all of them. Right. But however, nowadays, and in, and in the past, Hispanics, where we were more targeting the Spanish dominant and the biculturals, but nowadays we are, it's very similar because the companies have the same challenge, which is to develop products and brands for the future to connect sure. with actual generations. So now I'm doing research very similar. For example, in Mexico, I did research for Deezer, a music app, and I interviewed right. uh, Gen Cs about how they do, how they use music. You will love this, I knew. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and here in the US, I'm doing interviews um, and research for an e-commerce company and helping them understand uh, what, is the, what are the friction points that uh, Gen Cs have. Uh, because Gen mm -hmm. Cs are digital natives, they want everything to flow. So things that, for, for example, for Gen X like me, yep. they bother them. And they don't yeah. want that. And we need to eliminate them uh, right. from the user experience. So right now it's very similar because the challenge is very similar. Uh, reposition yeah. yourself with new generations uh, using technology. Yeah, and that, that's super interesting. Like the, the smallest point of friction nowadays can cause somebody to switch from one to the other when the switching costs are so low, right? So the user experience, the importance of that has been dialed up immeasurably in, in recent years. Yeah, cool. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, 
Yeah, for sure. Um, you know that. Right. You know that because I know you, that. <laughs> you've been there. That's right. I've rolled up my sleeves on uh, user experience for sure over the past uh, couple of years. Yes. So, um, so you've done user experience. You have been very deeply steeped into cultural insights. Curious to know what your view of the future is for research and insights. Okay, um, that's interesting. One thing I I seen is that because the innovation cycles are smaller, now technology companies are focusing in enabling researchers to do research faster, right? And, right. And I think it will continue to technology developments will continue to support the do-it-yourself uh, trend, right. where where in-house researchers are doing the research and they need right. to get it done fast. Uh, and so, for example, I think that besides, you know, tools like uh, Vscout, where you do online videos, uh, yep. and also uh, like Remesh, where you do mixed methods, qual and quant, will continue yep. to emerge. But I, I think that the ones that will win will not be, will be the most innovative because you know, now the market is saturated with the same platforms. Definitely. To have like a new value proposition like this, this year I went to IIX and I mm -hmm. saw this, there was this app that uh, was sold to researchers where they could send food products to people's homes and people's, people, people could answer in this app the, the feedback about each product that they tasted. That's pretty right. good. That, that yeah. eliminates a lot of logistics of, of research. Uh, so yeah, I, think, I, I think that's going to continue um, this unique new developments. And also, I, I feel that it will continue the second trend that I've seen in the past three, four years, or I don't know, uh, it's that consultant companies, the big consultant companies are going to continue to, to use research and be the leaders because companies are under disruption. And guess what? Uh, C-suite leaders hire these big consultant companies to find what is the right path, and they are the ones that will select what type of research is needed that will match yeah. their business model. Yeah. So it will be more. It will continue to be more strategic. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. It's kind of like that that bifurcation of technology versus the true expertise, and I think it's. Um, I love what you say about the technology. It's it's exciting for someone who's been in the space for a long time to see in recent years how much investment there has been in research, which used to be like this tiny corner that nobody paid attention to. Now understanding consumers is you know a, a strategic pillar, a lot of companies, um, and there's there's big opportunity. So it's great to see that people are investing and new technology is making things better uh, and enabling. Uh, new kinds of research. So super cool. Love that. Um, so Isabel, I'm interested to know um, you're a very busy person, right? And so you're probably choosy to some extent about uh, what kinds of media you consume. I'm interested to know what you turn to for inspiration, insight, or, or even enjoyment. Well, I am connected most of the time to technology, uh, the computer, my phone, right? Uh, so I enjoy also using books to tell you the yeah, truth. Yeah, uh, old school. 
Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but so I, I, and I like to read biographies uh, of leaders who have overcome challenges. It's very inspirational for me. Uh, like right. for example, I, I am reading a book of Carla Harris uh, about lead to win, how to be a better leader in corporations that are facing disruption. I want to continue mm -hmm. to understand, you know, my clients. I also uh, supplement this, this book reading by watching podcasts about the book uh, or oh, about yeah. this author to understand yeah. where the authors come from um, because it yeah. tells the, the other story, just like you are asking me for my own story right now. And yeah, another story book, behind the story. The story behind the story, goodness. Yeah. Uh, and then um, another book I'm reading is uh, also from people that have reinvented their companies and themselves. Uh, for example, hmm. the Gary Keller who wrote One Thing, um, right. He, yep. he, it's a great he, book. he is, I work in, in uh, real estate for a digital real estate company. And so this helped me understand what other competitors are doing. And the podcast did by Tim Ferriss with Gary Keller was really, really cool. He, he talked mm -hmm. about his, his, the whole story behind the yeah. book. Yep. Anyway, the, so a combination of, of books, podcasts, and uh, YouTube interviews. Yeah, yeah, very good. It sounds like you you find what you want to learn and you go deep on that. Um, that's great. I'm kind of the same. Super. All right. Well, um, we haven't talked rock and roll yet. We started to talk about islands, <laughs> but you know this is the rock and roll research podcast after all, Isabel. So uh, don't don't let that that uh, bias your answer, right? Um, but this is what I really want to know. Okay. So let's say you you did that co-creation camp on an island everybody leaves and you're stranded for the rest of your days um, but what you have are three records at your disposal to keep you company um, so what what would your ideal three records be okay i i don't forget i did this research for deezer and Jenner and Jesus yeah. in Mexico. So it helped me realize how I use music and I use music sure. for these different purposes. So for example, when I am, um, I, I think that if I'm alone in that island, I will also get sad, right? So I will, <laughs> I will like music that will energize me. So I would like uh, the, to listen to David Derrick. And, okay. and I, I am not a person that listens to the whole record. I'm mostly, you know, focused on songs I like. And, and sure. his, the favorite song is Viva La Vida. Uh, oh, I yeah. don't know if you're familiar with that. It's, it's very cheerful, right? Very much, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, keep you happy. Uh, yes, for a while. And then, <laughs> and then I, I am suppose I'm gonna have to make a boat or make a tree house and I need, you know, energy for a longer period of time. So I will probably love to listen to salsa that will energize me. Uh, yeah. Celia Cruz uh, is amazing. <laughs> and yeah. she also has another uh, a song that I like called La Vida es un Carnaval, which means mm -hmm. life is a fiesta. Uh, yeah. So yes, I will be listening to her making my tree house and my boat. Um, <laughs> and then because I, you know, I need to energize myself about my the love I left behind, uh, my uh, my family and my actual boyfriend. I will listen to these uh, pops, pop and opera singers. I don't know if you are familiar with them. Uh, their name is, uh, is Il Bolo. 
they okay. they sing songs anyway, because your Italian background you have heard them. Uh, <laughs> they, I, I'm not I'm not familiar. I must say. Okay, but well, enlighten me. Enlighten me. But they they are opera singers that sing pop songs beautifully, and their oh, okay. songs are very romantic. The, the the one song that is at the top of my of my mind is Grande Amore. Uh, uh -huh. they, the music is beautiful, the voice, amaz the voice is amazing, and the lyrics, oh my God, to die for, especially for a Latina that is so romantic. It talks about how love, uh, how much you love your, the one love and how much you are devoted yeah. to that love. So I probably yeah. be listening to that one too, to continue to give me energy to do my treehouse and, and my boat. Sure, <laughs> sure, I love it. now. I'm thinking, like, let's say 30 years hence, uh, somebody finds your island and rescues you. They're going to find you happy and dancing and energized with that lineup. So, <laughs> so I love it. Super but I cool. have to say that I do love rock and roll. Uh, it's just that I haven't had a chance to, you know, dance it properly. My mom uh, mm. was was a Beatles fan. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and she will be called Popotitos. I don't know if you have heard about that song, Popotitos. It's a. I she, she, Popotitos is a song uh, for a lady that loves to dance the whole time, and she has <laughs> she's she she's a skinny. She she has you know long thin legs. And, yeah. and and it's 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 a funny song too. Uh, okay. So the guy sings to her. And she, she says funny things about her, how he's going to marry her and feed her so she gains weight. And it's just, <laughs> it's just funny. It's just super funny. So I will All probably right. think about rock and roll too, thinking about my mom. <laughs> All right. Very good. Awesome. So excellent. Well, this has been a great chat, Isabel. You've got a, just a really um, fascinating background. Uh, there's a lot to learn from you. So uh, I'm I'm very happy to have had the chance to meet you last week and uh, grateful that you shared your insights on today's podcast. So let's definitely stay in touch. Let's talk soon and rock and roll. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there you go. Um